While some problems may be more modern, like dealing with living in a complex technological post-internet civilization, all of the issues are still rooted in human nature. Being addicted to your smartphone is a modern problem. It only exists thanks to technology. But that problem actually stems from the natural human tendency to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And that's been around forever. The Happy Healthy Human podcast will help you build your happy, healthy life. Your host, Paul Levitin, is a board-licensed health and wellness coach, nutrition coach, personal trainer, and behavior change specialist with over 10 years of experience helping people create positive life change. Each week, he discusses topics that will help you understand yourself, why you do the things you do, and how to take steps to create the life of your dreams. He talks with experts from therapists to addictions counselors, coaches, trainers, CEOs, financial planners, and more. If you've ever wondered how can you become the best, happiest, healthiest version of yourself, you've come to the right place. A few weeks ago, in an episode titled Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits, featuring Nick Hutchinson, I mentioned several of the books that I credited with fundamentally changing the course of my life. Honestly, that powerful. So go back and check out that episode if you haven't. Again, Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits with Nick Hutchinson. But I talked about books like Think and Grow Rich, Atomic Habits, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, The Slight Edge, Stumbling on Happiness. These books were monumental in shaping the human that I am today, both personally and professionally. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, I mean, run and go get those books right now. Audiobook, ebook, paper copy, whatever you want. Some of the older ones are even available for free online or to listen to on YouTube. I promise you won't regret it. And although these books have all helped me greatly, I don't like the term self-help, which is what a lot of people think of when they think about this genre of writing. I prefer to call it personal development, personal growth, or self-development. Whatever you want to call it, bookstores have aisles and aisles of this stuff filled to the brim. Amazon has tens, hundreds of thousands of options. And now when you add podcasts to the mix, you have hundreds of thousands of hours of self-development that can help you become happier, healthier, more human. And then add on top of that, micro content on social media platforms, where hopefully you're following me at Paul Levitin across all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, and everything else. But you have those platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube Shorts, which have really helped explode the popularity of personal development, which I think is great because it makes it more accessible. If you want to read a book, you can do that. If you want to listen to a podcast, I'm right here. If you want to get your personal growth in 30 or 60, 90 second clips, then you have YouTube and TikTok. Whatever works for you, go for it. There's something out there for everyone. That's the beauty of living in the modern world. You have so many tools that you have access to, and you don't have to just choose one. I mean, personally, I read books, I listen to podcasts, and I watch and scroll short content on social media. 
And I think that's a big part of why I've been as successful as I have been in building my life the way I have. I've literally inundated and surrounded myself with personal growth. And when you do that, it's kind of hard not to see some positive change. And when people hear me talk about this, like, well, it's all I read, all I listen to, all I follow, like, well, like, that's, that's kind of a lot. I mean, like, I get it, my YouTube, my Instagram, my TikTok, anything that has an algorithm or a for you page, an explorer page, it's basically nothing but personal development. And the AI knows what I want. But what I'm doing is not special, and it's certainly not new. Because regardless what my TikTok for you might say, there isn't anything new about the concepts that I'm learning about or the things that I'm talking about here on this show. Because the technology of social media and podcasts might be novel, but the reality is that people have been committing to personal growth and self-development for thousands of years, if not more. Ancient Greeks, Romans, Egyptians, the ancient Chinese, many other cultures had philosophers and scholars who dedicated their lives to learning and teaching. These people dedicated their lives to the discussion of the complex topics of life and why we're here and what does this all mean? Where do we find fulfillment? How can we make the most out of this short time that we get on this planet? So while I talk about podcasts and social media and my favorite books, none of this is new. This has all been a topic of conversation far before me, far before you were ever born, before the internet existed, or even electricity, even the printing press. And it makes sense, because the topics that I'm speaking about, the stuff that I like to talk about on this show, are human issues. And that's why the name of the show is Happy Healthy Human. While some problems may be more modern, like dealing with living in a complex technological post-internet civilization, all of the issues are still rooted in human nature. Being addicted to your smartphone is a modern problem. It only exists thanks to technology. But that problem actually stems from the natural human tendency to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And that's been around forever. The obesity epidemic comes from easy, cheap access to excess hyperpalatable calories that's been made possible by modern farming and modern food preservation methods created over the last hundred years. But at the real root of the issue is our natural desire to consume calories, especially certain tastes and flavors like sweet, salty, and fatty, which has been bred into us from thousands of generations of evolution. I mean, it's no secret that unhappiness is on the rise. We live in the most abundant time in history, yet depression, discontent, and suicide are all higher than they have been in many years. So these issues are not bound by time. And while the times that we live in certainly play some factor, these are the same issues that Epictetus spoke about in ancient Greece, or Confucius in ancient China, or Benjamin Franklin in the... 1700s, they all wrestled with the same issues. Because once again, this is just human stuff. And one of the best examples of this is Stoicism. 
as far back as the 3rd century BCE, which is over 2,000 years ago, if you're counting, some of the greatest thinkers that the world has ever known were discussing topics that are still relevant to this day. Marcus Aurelius said, You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. Epictetus said, We cannot choose our external circumstances, but we can always choose how we respond to them. And Seneca said, True happiness is to enjoy the present without anxious dependence upon the future. I mean, any of these could be a viral tweet or a motivational Instagram post today. And they are, all the time. There's a reason that stuff like this goes viral and gets shared and resonates with people so deeply today as much as it did a thousand or two thousand years ago because it's simply the truth and i could go on and on with this stuff there's countless examples of ancient wisdom like this because this is it and this is why i come back and talk about this stuff week after week and this is what i have courses on and people pay me tens of thousands of dollars to coach them on it's nothing new because the real issues we deal with are issues of human nature. They're issues that we've been dealing with for thousands of years, and if I had to guess, we will continue to deal with and struggle with for thousands of years or until, I don't know, the robots take over and AI wipes us all out. So stoicism is an ancient form of wisdom that I have learned a lot from. And if you've never really dug into Stoicism and you're looking for a place to start, I'd highly recommend you check out Ryan Holiday. He's an author who's written at least half a dozen books that are pretty easy to read, very accessible, and definitely changed my life. And he also has a podcast and a newsletter called The Daily Stoic, both of which I am a regular reader and listener of. But as impactful as Stoicism has been for me, there's actually another form of ancient philosophy and wisdom that has been even more monumental in my own journey of personal growth and personal development, and that's Buddhism. So I discovered Buddhism actually through my mom, indirectly and accidentally. Because my family is Jewish. Both my parents and their parents, 100% Jew. I was extremely reformed. My parents weren't religious either growing up, and they didn't raise me particularly religious. So Judaism as a religion was never really part of our household or a part of my life. It wasn't really a part of my parents' lives, aside from the fact that they were Jewish. So my mom, when growing up, I would find out when I became a little bit older, in her 20s and 30s, actually got quite involved in Buddhism. She studied it. She was also into martial arts, so she had a lot of influenced by Eastern culture. And that was 10, 15, 20 years before I was born. And then fast forward about 40 years later after that, around 2015 or so, my mom was in her late 60s, I was in my late 20s. And I just happened to start getting into reading, personal development, personal growth. And by chance, I opened a random box from our basement and found a box of my mom's old books many of which ended up being about Buddhism. And I had no clue about Buddhism or what I was getting into, but I wanted to be open to it. And so I started to read a book and I was just blown away. And I kept digging into the stuff that was there, read a few books, went, downloaded some podcasts, and it was all 
just revolutionary to me. It was the same feeling that I got when I read books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill or Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. These are books that were talking about ancient principles, wisdom that had been passed down for thousands of years, some parables and stories written 2,000 years ago, and it was all still perfectly 100% applicable to me and everything I was going through in my life in the present day. And that just blew me away, and it set me on a tear of really studying, learning, and being involved in the Buddhist philosophy and has become hugely meaningful and impactful in my life. Not as a religion, again, a philosophy, just as a way of thinking and understanding and viewing the world. And through my study of Buddhism, there have been so many teachings and principles and practices that I've learned about. So much comes from Buddhism. I mean, you're probably familiar with meditation. And even though just about every ancient culture and religion has some form of meditation in it, maybe by a different name, they might not call it meditation, but some form of meditation is pretty much in everywhere. But the meditation that we know today, what people would refer to as mindfulness meditation, stems from Buddhist traditions. And for me personally, some of the most impactful things that I've taken away from Buddhism have been some of the proverbs and the short parables, these little stories or sometimes just a word or a sentence that can be easily remembered and that I'm able to call on over and over when I need it the most. So an example that you might have heard of, there's a proverb of the two arrows. If you haven't heard it, I'll give you a super abridged version. Basically, the Buddha compared suffering to being struck by two arrows. The first arrow strikes you, and that's unavoidable. That's life. That's the thing that, that happens that's outside of your control. You can't avoid that pain because you can't avoid that arrow. But you can still heal from it. The second arrow is the pain that you cause yourself. That's the pain that comes from your choice to sit in suffering. When you choose to be upset about what happened, or to dwell on how unfair it is, or to ruminate on what happened over and over and wish that it was different. The second arrow is completely within your control, and it's one that you can actually avoid. I simply call this arguing with reality. We can hate how things are, but they still just are. The first arrow can suck, but you can accept it, which doesn't make it better, it does allow you to avoid the second arrow, the frustration, the anger, the guilt, because that first arrow hit you whether you accept it or not. And any time you spend wanting things to be different than they are, it inherently brings up a discomfort, a discrepancy. And that's where you get stuck. As the Buddha would say, that is the root of all suffering. So fighting against it is the second arrow. And the way forward is through acceptance, allowing yourself to accept the pain, the discomfort, and then you move forward without the second avoidable struggle. And that is the most true thing that I've heard, 
and it's as true today as it was 2,500 years ago when the Buddha first said it. And Buddhist books are filled with wisdom like this. And interesting enough, the proverb that most changed my life, that I find myself coming back to more than anything else, I actually heard for the first time in a podcast. And it was from an old white guy. It was not even from a Buddhist teacher. It was just someone regurgitating what I now know to be an ancient Buddhist piece of wisdom. But Seth Godin, who's probably my favorite author and thought leader in the personal development space, was on a podcast promoting one of his many amazing books a few years back. And Seth is famous for, among many things, his legendary work ethic. He has a daily newsletter that he has put out without interruption for nearly two decades. He's also published a dozen books, if not more. He teaches courses. He's a legendary speaker. I mean, the list goes on. So on this particular podcast, the host was asking him how he manages to be so prolific and how he writes so much and doesn't miss deadlines with his podcast, with his newsletter, with his book, and how he gets past things like writer block that continually get in the way for so many others who try to do what he does. And Seth said, I just show up every day. You got to chop the wood and carry the water. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. I didn't know it at the time, but he was actually quoting an ancient Buddhist proverb, chop the wood, carry the water. And after hearing him on that podcast, I always remembered that quote. And later, I came across it in a book that I was reading on Buddhism. And that's when I realized that it was not actually Seth's quote and that it was actually an ancient piece of wisdom. And I became interested in the deeper meaning behind it. And that's what I love so much about studying Stoicism and Buddhism and other forms of ancient wisdom. Because there's so much meaning that you can derive from a single statement. And different things mean different things to different people. There's another Buddhist parable that goes, you can never step in the same river twice. Because if you go back to the same river tomorrow, both you have changed and so has the river. And that's the same with reading books, listening to podcasts, or hearing profound quotes. Every time you revisit it, you're at a different place in your life, and maybe it hits you just a little different. So I kept coming back to this quote, chop the wood, carry the water. And I took notes when I read it, and I tried to decipher what it meant to me. And with time, I've come to no less than six different interpretations of what I think this simple phrase chop the wood and carry the water can mean. So the first meaning that I took away from hearing Seth Godin say it in that very first podcast was what I assumed that he meant by it when he was talking about writing and how he doesn't miss any deadlines and keeps doing things consistently. He was talking about his daily newsletter. He puts it out every day and how he always ships his work no matter what. And what I took away from that was yesterday's work won't pay today's bills. Seth writes a daily newsletter. It doesn't matter that he wrote it for the last 4,593 days. Today is a new day. All of that work doesn't do anything today. Today, there's more work to be done. You've got to go down to the river. You've got to chop the firewood. 
and carry the water back home. And by the end of the day today, you'll have used all of that water and you'll have used all of that wood. So what are you going to do tomorrow? You're going to chop the wood and carry the water. And I think this, this, this particular meaning resonated with me so much because at the time I was a personal trainer and I'd always hear clients and friends and gym members commiserating over the difficulty and the frustration around working out. They'd always talk about how hard they'd been working, how hard they worked last week or their last workout and how tired they were. I would, I'd complain, but so what? You worked out hard last week? You worked out hard yesterday? Okay, cool. That was then. This is now. And you have to do it again today and tomorrow and next week and next year and every day. You got to chop the wood and carry the water. It is, in a word, consistency. Writer's block, as Seth put it, is just an excuse. He is a writer and writers write. There is no other choice. Every day he shows up and does the work. Period. So I call on this quote whenever I'm feeling tired or wanting to make excuses around my own goals. I remember, the work has to get done. The fire needs to be stoked. And the soup needs to be boiled. We need more wood. We need more water. But as I continued to read and learn and meditate on this simple phrase, I came across several other meanings that weren't to me as obvious at first but they came to be just as powerful over time. So the second meaning I found for this phrase was that enlightenment comes from within. And your business is booming. You've got the guy, you've got the girl, you've got the big house, the bank account, the fancy car. You have all of the outward trappings of success. Cool. And yet, you still have to do the work. Chop the wood and carry the water. Every day, no matter what. No amount of outward success can do the internal work for you. All of the things that look like success outwardly are actually just distractions from what you must do. Chop the wood, carry the water. If you want to be happy, healthy, human, you have to do the work. I mean, there's a huge wave of looking at the elite these days and what they do and how they live on social media, through podcasts, we have access to the 1% of the 1% at a level that was previously impossible for all of human history. And when you listen to the podcasts, when they interview CEOs or billionaires, what do they say they do with their day? They go to work, they read, they exercise, they meditate. All of the same options are available to you right now, right here, sitting exactly where you are. Because we see that no level of success allows us to graduate out of doing the work. No amount of outward success can shortcut what you have to do to reach that real internal balance. And the third meaning for this phrase that I found is to find joy in menial tasks. A lot of times people associate Buddhism with meditation. And when you think about meditation, you probably think about a monk or a yogi sitting in lotus position, or as we cultured like to call it, crisscross applesauce. But the reality is that meditation can be anything, anywhere. Meditation is simply the act of quieting your racing mind and trying to exist in the present. 
a Buddhist teacher and author who I truly adored and read many of his books, Thit Nhat Hanh, famously wrote, I am standing here, brushing my teeth. I still have teeth to brush. I have toothpaste and a toothbrush. And my practice is to be alive, to be free to enjoy toothbrushing. Walking can be meditation, doing the dishes, or even brushing your teeth. Some postulate that this is exactly what is meant by chop the wood and carry the water, to remind us that the tasks we often overlook, potentially the tasks we even dread, can be exactly the work that we most desperately need. When looking for something to distract you from the work, often it is exactly the work itself that you need to focus on. Chop the wood, carry the water. The fourth meaning that I find interesting is that enlightenment and fulfillment come from the service of others. Because you may have everything you need. What about your family? What about your neighbors? What about those who will come after you, who you will never see, never even meet, but who could benefit from your hard work that you do today? The question is, do you plant the tree knowing that you will never be able to sit in its shade or to eat from its delicious fruit? Even if you have enough, you still have to chop the wood and carry the water. Not for you, but for them, even if you don't know who they are. It's for the people who will come next. It's called doing the right thing, just because it's the right thing. And the next meaning is something that I talk about a lot on this podcast, and it's simply that happiness does not happen to you. Happiness is a process. We often pine for when, when things will be different, when you feel better, when you have more time, when you'll finally be able to be happy. And the irony being that when never comes because these things aren't a matter of time. It's a matter of effort. You don't end up at destinations like happiness or fulfillment simply because time has passed. These things happen when you do the work, when you show up day in, day out, rain and shine, sleet or snow. You chop the wood, you carry the water. It comes from a deliberate decision It comes from the work. And the last meaning that I've come to understand from this seemingly simple phrase is that what comes from within cannot rely on anything from the outside. Because the work that you're doing is just that. It's work. The deep internal work for self-growth, for self-development, whatever you want to call it. But it's your work. It's your journey. It comes from within you, and it can only come from within you. Only you can do it. No amount of help from others, or from things, or from instruments, or implements, or drugs, or anything else can take away from what must be done. Chop the wood and carry the water. You can't outsource it. You can't buy it. You might be able to pay for a guru to teach you, but you can't outsource learning. You can pay for meditation retreats, But the real work is done right where you are right now. You can listen to this podcast and you can understand what I'm saying intellectually, but that doesn't do the work. 
you still have to get up and show up. It doesn't matter who your mentor is or how much you've learned about a topic. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, you have to chop the wood and carry the water. And this is why I love personal development so much. It is an infinite game. There is no winning. There's no finish line. Personal growth knows no bounds or ends. And again, that can seem frustrating, but to me, it's encouraging. There are millions of books, but the knowledge and the wisdom in them is not as widely spread out as you might think. Because really, there are a few answers out there. They've been repeated for thousands of years, from the Buddha to Marcus Aurelius to Napoleon Hill to James Clear. It can seem like on the outside that it's impossible to find some ancient 100 or 200 or 2,000 year old book that's going to have answers that are specific to your problems, your unique issues, your special goals. But you come to realize that the details don't matter. All you have to do is dig a little bit deeper. Because while your issues, your problems, your goals, your struggles are unique to you, human nature is human nature. And the teachings in these ancient forms of wisdom, they transcend place, time, race, anything else, because that's what they're talking about. The nature of humanity, the nature of life. And when you understand that, it doesn't matter the specifics of what you're trying to do, the specifics of your issues, the specifics of your goals, because you're going deeper and getting to things at the root. So when it all boils down, it's much simpler than we make it out to be. Do the work. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Because no one can do it for you. It can't come from anywhere, but from inside of you. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. But still, you have to. Chop the wood and carry the water. That's all for this week. Be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss a beat. Support the show by sending this episode to a friend or leaving a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Stay happy, stay healthy.